rolling. All right, everyone, welcome to Tonecast 108. We've got Matt Artinger going to be joining us, very supremely talented guitar builder and user of our pickups. He's going to be joining us in a little bit, but uh, we're going to go through some cool stuff that we've got going around the shop. First of all, Marco, what's going on this morning? Hey, it's going good today. It's a cooler summer morning, so I'm feeling good, feeling ready to build some pickups. Uh, We like to do these podcasts uh, at the beginning of the day and then uh, hit the day running, so I'm excited to get the day going. There's no air conditioning in the office, so we have to record in the morning. Otherwise, we're just dying dying here. So also that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had some cool stuff arrive this week. We had our gatekeeper pickups officially restocked this week. We... Uh, had about 170 sets drop this week, which is pretty sweet. Um, and we've got the new Gatekeeper H90, which is the humbucker size P90 in nickel. And we threw that into our Heritage guitar in the shop, and we got a chance to kind of jam on it. And that is kind of the newest release. It's like a new old release, if you will. Mm-hmm. If you followed the Gatekeeper story, you know that uh, the H90s were developed for the Sublime Guitars Chieftain Back in 2014 already. It's been a long time. Mm. So now they are officially available for resale through through the Gatekeeper channel. So you can go to our website, borderpickups.com, and click on products, and you'll see a link to the Gatekeeper pickups. We've got those back in stock. We anticipate some of them going fast. So they're, they're there if you want to grab a set. But what do you think of those H90s? Just kind of like first impressions. We both sort of reheard them for the first time, if you will, yesterday. Well, I think they do a really good job. They sound like P90s, you know, and even in the in the bridge, it's still like cuts and you can still get all of the dynamics that you want into the P90. And it really, I don't know, that guitar, we were kind of like, that needs something different in it. And we threw those in there and, and I'm curious to see what I think today after, you know, a day of building and I kind of jam on it again. <laughs> but I left a good first impression on me yesterday. And I mean, we hear a lot of pickups. So those definitely stood out as something that, is very unique and, and usable. Yeah, this particular guitar, we were, you and I get into these weird, like, dark holes of analyzing different things that we probably shouldn't be wasting our time <laughs> analyzing. But we sit there and we say, oh, well, this guitar has a darker platform. And we had the Anthem Plus in there, which is definitely a thicker, fuller kind of set. And we put these in there, definitely cleaned it up. It had a little more, more punch. And it's still kind of retaining some of that original kind of low end that's still intact. And so that was pretty interesting to see as we've now put three different sets of pickups in this one Mm -hmm. guitar, just hearing how each of them kind of has their own pluses and minuses, if you will. Yeah. It's probably a good way to put it. But yeah, that was fun. We had had a lot of cool stuff like that. You've been building some cool stuff in the shop. Maybe if you want to highlight some of the cool things that you've been building this week. Yeah. Um, Some of the gatekeeper stuff that uh, showed up, we did... uh want to kind of do a little bit of like a relic thing. So we've kind of been kind of going over some processes for that. Every cover is a little bit different. So Mm -hmm. you have to kind of understand it and then you can relic it appropriately. Um, But so we we were kind of dinking around with some stuff with that. I mean, we, (laughs) we packaged a lot of the gatekeeper stuff and, you know, we just kind of set aside a day and we packaged all of it and, you know, um, Still in the background, there's a lot of little sets that go out, but mostly it's been building stock and trying to catch up and you know keep 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 it all there, right? Yeah, so exactly. Keep keep the machine moving, you know. Um, in the midst of all of this other stuff, it's like there's a lot of other you know projects that are going on. So it's good to just uh, kind of keep keep everything moving along. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on mostly. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, there's been some 
cool stuff I've seen come through the shop. We've every week or so, or every other week, maybe we're coming up with a cool idea. We've got kind of a weird strat set we're working on. I just f- forgot about that. Oh yeah, um, that's that's coming at some point. Um, I don't even know if it will be released, but but we always kind of work on some stuff behind the scenes, and if we really like it, it shows up as available, probably on the custom shop. But if, mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's terrible. <laughs> It'll be for just, our ears only, I guess yeah. you could say. <laughs> so yeah, and then that's funny you mentioned that one because that's actually one that you popped together. You kind of like made the idea, and then we uh, laid it all out for you. But then you actually put it together. I think that's why I didn't remember building that one. Oh yet. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that like one looks cool. Little steps at a time, and then we get to throw it in a strat and kind of see. It's uh, we did this weird hybrid thing where it was like our '50s style, the heavy form of our wire that we use on our '50s, but it's the vintage, no hybrid plus wine. Mm-hmm. See, I can't even remember. <laughs> and and it's gonna have steel base plates on all three pickups and solid nickel covers on the strats. So it's it's gonna be all over the place. I'm really excited to try it. Uh, definitely way more left field than anything we've done. I think almost every aspect of this build is completely different. So. That's what we're going to find out. Yeah. Probably next week. Yeah, that'll be cool. Um, but And then there's also just been lots of fun stuff going on with the shop and ramping up the production. And, I mean, we ended up kind of getting a little thing that'll just help us boost up our, our you know, coil numbers. And mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, a pickup is just a little, uh, it's just a coil, you know, but... It, it does take time to get the wire around there and so in the in the right way so there's lots of stuff that we've we've been doing to, to try and build up the the production and stuff like that and even on the bobbin end of things which now that um, definitely is the biggest bottleneck and you know realizing <laughs> stuff like that and you're like okay how are we gonna get around that because now everything else is like hitting the freeway and, and we can just kind of hit 80 miles per hour and go with it so yeah, I don't know. That's just making me think about that. So there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of fun stuff coming up, and and yeah, it's just cool to be able to keep doing this stuff because because you guys keep buying pickups and yes. listening to the to the tone cast <laughs> to the tone cast. You listen to us Yahoo's ramble on about guitar stuff, <laughs> but we really do love what we do. We love uh, this process. We love talking to you about pickups, and we're gonna do something different with the pickup chooser uh, mentioned here. Every show we mention the pickup chooser. The reason we mentioned that so many times is it is the best tool for you to find your next set of Porter pickups because this is the way that we get to know you and your guitar and your rig and what you're missing. And funny enough, we design pickups to fill a need. So we can fill that need, being the guys that make them, uh, we can fill that need really quickly and and honestly very accurately too. I think that's one of the things that we, we really try to work hard on is making sure that we get you the right set the first time. And most of the time that works out. It's a high percentage, which is great. We're able to do that. So we are going to do a little live. Before we bring Matt on here, we're going to get, do a little live um, pickup chooser simulation. So I am going to be the disgruntled customer, and you're going to be the uh, the guru that helps helps find a <laughs> set of pickups. You ready? Let's do it. And you had no idea I was going to drop this yeah. on you this morning. So. It's all fresh. So <laughs> you, have, is... you probably haven't had enough coffee to handle what's about oh, to come. Oh, definitely not. Okay, so I've got a Telecaster, Ooh. and it's it's a all maple neck. It's an alder body. Um, I really like it, but I I'm playing I'm playing in a kind of a blues to blues rock band, but right now it sounds like I should be playing in a country band. It's too bright. It's too 
um, it's got too much cut through. So mm-hmm. I need more versatility. I need just I need a little bit better overall sound because I don't want to feel like I have to play country on my Telecaster. So what would you what would you recommend from the Porter lineup for me? Well, uh, first of all, I uh, I'm glad that you uh, have brought me another Tele. I seem to be uh, <laughs> seeing a lot of Tellies lately and and always, but. Uh, well, that's a common thing with the tellies is is a little bit too much twang, and usually they're not wound very. You know, it it just it's it's a bright pickup. So I would recommend even if we're trying to get away from the twang, the custom telly set just to kind of that's still going to be closer to your traditional telly sound, and you know, but you can handle some gain, and and it'll really want to make the amp work in a completely different way than than the pickups that are in there. I mean, and normally we'll have a picture and stuff, and. I can kind of look at the rig too, because there could be some other things there that that we could tweak as well. You know, I'm not just going to say this pickup is going to fix everything. You know, it's like, well, let's take a look at the big picture and and really say, oh, maybe maybe try this in the signal chain or you know, and you know, it everybody everybody's got their own taste, but there's lots of little things that we can do as well there. And then if that's even a little bit not quite what you're thinking, I would recommend the Hybrid Plus Tele set. Because that one has a neck pickup that is a little more stratty sounding, and you can hit a little bit more blues tones. But then that bridge, when you flip to it, it'll be a uh, nice and big, and you know more full body than your regular thinned out telly kind of sound. So I think that that would be a good place to start. And if that's um, you know those are that would be kind of my A and my B route, you know mm. the fork in the road, and you can kind of stick traditional, but a little bit more edge, wound a little bit more full, and then the hybrid plus would be kind of a completely different kind of story. So, and Sweet. all of those would be available in lots of different custom cover <laughs> options. So, whatever look you want to match, we can try and hit it. Excellent. Yeah. So that's just an example of kind of how how uh, we can help with the pickup chooser. And, and that's, a, that's a real thing. It's free. It's no obligation when you do that. So we want to encourage you guys to take advantage of that. Um, it's something we, we really enjoy doing. It. it takes a long time to do it, to be transparent, but it also is fun for us to talk guitar and to really help people find their, their tone. And it's really rewarding for us to, to get something to someone and then they don't sell their guitar or they... They just love their guitar even more, and that's kind of that kind of gives us a, some wind in our sails, if you will. Yeah, to use another dumb analogy, definitely. <laughs> it really it really does encourage us. I mean, we we love what we do here, but it's nice to have that feedback and know we're we're hitting the mark for you guys. So we appreciate that. Well, I'm I'm ready to jump into this interview with Matt. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, let's go. All right, everyone, we've got Matt Artinger here from Artinger Guitars. Matt, how are you today? Doing good. How's everybody out there? Man, we're great. We're great. We've been uh, threatening to bring you on the podcast for a while and <laughs> been working with you for a while on your your awesome guitar builds. And so we're excited to to kind of bring you on the show and to get to know you and, and your guitars. If anyone has not Excellent. checked out Matt's guitars, we're going to include a link to his website below Fantastic instruments, super high class stuff, and I'm excited to get into the the weeds of guitar making and pickups and all sorts of stuff with you. So, Matt, first of all, let's just uh, have you give a quick intro on uh, who you are, what you do, and a little bit about your company. 
Excellent. Well, I'm Matt Ardinger uh, with Ardinger Custom Guitars. Um, I started uh, building guitars professionally at the age of uh, 19, uh, in 1997. So, woohoo, this is my actual 25th anniversary this year. I oh, can't wow. believe I lasted this long in the business, but uh, uh, it's been a hell of a ride, <laughs> to say the least. And uh, I've gotten to learn so much through the process. And I never thought that, you know, as a a greenhorn teenager that I'd be sitting here doing the same thing at this time in my life. So I'm just very thankful that there's enough people out there that really support my work to keep me going. Yeah. yeah. So, so early or late nineties getting started, maybe talk to yeah. me about that first sort of like, um, I want to get into guitar. I want to make guitars. What was that kind of bug that started in your, in your teenage years? Well, this, this is actually a, a really interesting and funny story. And, um, you know, uh, he's actually corroborated it several times himself. Um, I live in Pennsylvania and, uh, I'm only about, uh, I'd say 25 minutes from the Martin guitar factory, which is like the, you know, the grandfather of mm -hmm. all guitars. And, uh, when I was uh, about 12 or 13 years old, I first told my parents, you know, I was always a creative kid and, you know, I'd like ripping things apart and putting them back together and building things and just working with my hands. And it was also the 80s, you know, the infamous 80s with the um, injection of uh, the real MTV into our lives with crazy guitars, and, <laughs> you know, hair rock and all that stuff. And I was just obsessed with it. So I told my parents for the first time at 13, I said, you know, I, I think I want to build guitars for a living. And uh, my parents have always been extremely supportive they um they actually housed my first shop in their home when i was that young but uh they had a little plan of their own so they you know they didn't say no but they said well we have a friend who knows chris martin and maybe we can have you go up and meet him and uh and talk to him wow said, okay and their master plan was for him to say kid you're nuts <laughs> Don't get into this business. <laughs> There's plenty of other things you could do in life. But, you know, go figure a couple hours later, you know, I was sat in his office and he told me, you know, I think you should follow your dreams. And so I did. And, you know, go figure how many years later we ended up sitting at the same tables together. So that's kind of how it worked. But I can't thank him enough and the Martin Guitar Company enough for giving me the impetus to to grow and I've actually been working along with them and doing different projects with them uh, pretty much throughout my whole career. And uh, that started with me being, if not the youngest, maybe one of the youngest uh, warranty repairmen that they have. Mm. So it just progressed from there. And I just, uh, I'm so lucky that I live within their shadow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of an amazing story. And, and, you know, people think about, it's like, that's like a, uh, getting the golden ticket to the, Willy Wonka factory almost, but like real life, you, you got to yeah. live it and breathe it. So yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy, <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, you know, when you look back, I think if I would have been anywhere else at any other time, I, I don't think I would have the opportunities that were, you know, kind of placed in my lap, which is, you know, such a lucky thing. And so much of this business is luck. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, there are a lot of really, really highly talented guitar makers out there that really, have had a difficult time taking the next step into the business. But I think I, I can count on so much luck being part of, you know, my progression. So 
Yeah. You know, obviously it takes the hard work and dedication too, but you know, a little bit of luck here and there and kind of being at the right place at the right time. And also on that note, um, it was kind of, you know, right when I started out, it was more or less the inception of the internet. So things were changing pretty rapidly then too. And I think being able to expose myself to more of a, a national audience or even international audience when I was that young kind of made a difference, you know, rather than just starting local and building a word of mouth thing, you know, the internet was just such a huge boost. Yeah. Hmm. And all of that kind of just was the perfect storm and you kind of rode that wave into, you know, being known. And I guess Martin kind of predominantly known for acoustics, but you do your electrics. I mean, is, is, did you kind of start doing the electrics and then, cause to not be a direct, like, you know, there's so many people that'll just make a D45 clone or something. You, right. you, you had your aspirations set higher than that. And I think, yeah, I mean, I always had my own designs in my head and obviously, you know, when you see them, they're, they're definitely influenced by makers that came before me, but they just have my own flavor to them. I mean, when you look at guitar shapes, there's a fine line of something that is your own um, combined with some of the more classic elements that make people understand what it is from the first moment they look at it. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, you can't just make a guitar that looks like an amoeba and everybody's going to love it. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to be a more controversial <laughs> instrument. So I'm, I'm trying to make instruments that are more, you know, suited to guys that really want to step forward into uh, into the new era, but also recognize my instruments as being, you know, somewhat classically designed as yeah. well, but just with my own twist. Yeah. So how do you how do you find that balance? Because obviously you have the, you know, just the straight up. I'm going to build a Strat that's my Strat or my Tele or my Les Paul or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, because we live in this world, we talk about this all the time in the shop, but we live in this world where it's kind of a, we're, we're a bit of lemmings as guitar players and we, we kind of want to stay with traditions and, and what, yeah. you know, what other industry besides, um, the fork and the spoon have stuff been the same forever, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and it, it comes down to, it comes down to the music we all grew up with too. I mean, everybody... I'm not saying everybody, but everybody, you know, who's generally a, a, an accomplished guitar player can close their eyes and tell that, that, oh, that's a Telecaster, that's a Strat, you know, that's a Les Paul. So, you know, all those, you know, early instruments kind of really influenced what we consider to be, you know, tone to this day, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we kind of just have to walk the fine line of, of advancing it while also keeping the traditions in place. Yeah, that makes sense. And so let's let's jump into some specific guitar discussions. Uh, you've got sure. you've got quite a bit of different models, and we probably won't jump into anything specific. More of just kind of the 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 secret sauce behind the the guitar making, kind of your some of your favorite things about it. But um, let's just kind of start with a very simple question, but it actually could go could go a lot deeper. But what are the elements that make a good guitar to you after? all these years of experience and, and what, what factors have to contribute to a, a good instrument? Well, I, I think, you know, I've been leaning more heavily for, for probably at least more than half of my career into instruments that are more versatile. I think versatility in an instrument is key, mm -hmm. that it's not just a one-trick pony that even though it may look like it does a certain thing, uh, 
by combining different elements that you can actually get that that uh, range of of tonality that uh, you know certain guitars wouldn't. So I I think just by combining the right materials and you know hard materials, soft materials, ringing materials, uh, more dense materials, you know that you can put those puzzle pieces together to counterbalance themselves. You can come up with an instrument that has a much broader range than something that uh, is just meant to do one thing. Yeah. And so, I mean, do you feel like that? Obviously, like wood choice is a big factor. Of that I mean, do you, are you pretty obsessive about like how you find and source your wood? And you're like, well, this piece is entirely too heavy. I don't even want to waste my time with it. I mean, do you have any favorite combos or anything that is like your your perfect recipe or, you know, I guess you don't have to tell me the secret one, but you know, no kind of you know, an idea. Do you like to just, let's see if I can make this sound good and then you hear how it's going and then, or see how it's being I, built and go. By from the way, there. I apologize for oh. that noise in the background. That's my mailman coming up the driveway. <laughs> Ooh, mail time. <laughs> Hope you're getting something good in the mail. He's, he's, he's I, on the I'm, podcast. I'm, I'm hoping, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, in any event, um, you know, there, there. I, I do have a formula, but I hesitate to say that I'm obsessive about it because mm-hmm. I think no matter what, um, every piece of wood is different. Every instrument that a person makes by hand is going to be inherently different. So to get overly obsessive about minutia, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to, ah, you know, this piece feels a little bit stringier than that piece, <clears throat> excuse me, or this piece feels... You know, maybe it's a little bit denser than that, but I can manipulate that in order to get the tone I want. You know, that it's not just a, well, here's our CNC programs and it's going to cut every guitar the same way. So we better be more careful about exactly what we do so our guitars sound consistent. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm more or less relying on the input of each client that I deal with in order to help shape that. And everyone's going to be different. I mean, I don't think there's a such thing as a... uh, 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 you know, a handmade guitar that can be quote unquote mass produced. Mm-hmm. So I like to make everything unique to the person it's going to. And I really, you know, enjoy that process. It keeps me growing. So it's, uh, you know, but as far as, as far as tonality, I think one of the biggest factors, um, wood wise, I think, you know, as far as a top wood, you know, for a carved instrument, a lot of people are, have been gravitating towards more flashy looking woods, you know, that they want the most quiltiest quilted maple top or the, you know, flamiest flame top. But, uh, you know, a lot of times it doesn't mesh with what they're looking to do tonally. Mm. So, you know, some woods like mahogany, I mean, it's like the chameleon of tone woods. It's not, I mean, maple tends to be bright and, and kind of direct and forward. Where, you know, if you go to the opposite end of the spectrum, spruce is soft and it's warm. But mahogany sits right in the middle of that, and it can actually span both territories. So it might not be the the, the prettiest wood on the planet, but it might be the best for the application, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I, I'm definitely not one of those guys that uses the most outrageous looking piece of wood, um, whenever I have the opportunity to do it because it just not might not fit what we're doing. Yeah. So how do you, when you're talking with customers, I know that your process of building guitars is very personalized. It's very 
hands-on listening to the customer. And so how do you, um, how do you balance the, um, shall we say, uh, pre-information that some customers might have and, oh, it has to be this or it has to be that. And um, how do you kind of walk that line of saying, you know, not necessarily coming out and saying, hey, you're wrong, but, but like you said, when there, where there may be a better suited wood, how do you approach that with a customer? Well, wood comes pretty early in the process. So, you know, there's only so much that can be, you know, danced around with that initially. But, uh, you know, when somebody has every single spec that they want laid out from moment one, I kind of like to gently back that off a little bit and take it more organically and revisit those things as they see the guitar getting built because they might change their mind. Mm-hmm. You know, as they start seeing things come together, I know what you envision from moment one might not be what it's evolving into. And you're actually going to like the fact that you didn't lock into certain things. So I, I take it in a more organic approach. You know, there's, you know, fairly consistent um, and constant communication going on between me and each client, you know, that they get to see the guitar built from the inside out. So that once they get it, even though they've never played it, they kind of have an intimate relationship with it already. So they know what it's going to do, how it's going to behave, and what it's going to do for them. So it's a, you know, <clears throat> it is a balance. And and also, you know, I have to, I know it might be kind of sacrilege to say it, but there's also two different types of, of client. And there are the, <clears throat> excuse me, diehard players, and there are collectors. And the collectors may not be as, uh, focused on on you know the the total aspect of instruments, they just want the most collectible, the nicest looking instrument that they can get. You know, which you have to walk that line and just see you know where where somebody is standing on on what they actually want to get out of a build. Yeah, and yeah, I mean there is like both of those you know customers and like points of view are valid, you know, and yeah, we just kind of are trying to make stuff that can still inspire. And and that's something that I definitely notice. even just like five minutes on your gallery, there's, you're talking about all this range that you can get out of arranging this wood, but it also like echoes and just like your builds and just kind of what you're able to do with like the mandolins and the nylon string stuff and yeah, all that cool stuff. But so to me, I see like an inspired mind that like you don't make that. You don't just like make that stuff. There's like an inspired mind that that makes that. So, like, what what kind of stuff inspires you? Would you say? Um, you know, <laughs> wow, that's a that's a really broad question. But <laughs> <laughs> take it whatever direction yeah. you want. But you know, I'm I'm inspired by experimentation. That's that's about the best I can put it. Hmm. Um, I don't like to experiment with. Uh, with customer instruments, I like to, you know, fair, you know, have a fair understanding of what I'm doing before I take it to that level. But, uh, you know, I've been getting more into the habit of every batch of guitars I do. I normally do between three and four guitars in a batch, mm-hmm. which take, you know, approximately, uh, 12 to 14 weeks of build time, you know, before finish. And I normally like to add one of my own, in there as well. I've never, up until a few years ago, I never owned one of my guitars, believe it or not. It's like the, <laughs> the cobbler's kids having no shoes, you yeah. know, yeah. but right. you know, and I finally started realizing like, you know, why, why am I not, you know, and, and I'm using that opportunity as a more of an experimental platform to kind of just broaden my horizons. And 
a lot of that stuff that I've been doing has slowly been creeping its way into the guitars that I offer people. So it helps out. And it also inspires me that I'm doing something that I've never done before. And I can wake up like a kid on Christmas morning and say, oh, I get to work on this one today. <laughs> so yeah, that, it's, that, it's, that, it's that fun. Yeah, at that point. So you're you're the crazy customer at that point, like yourself, right? Indeed. Indeed. You know, I'm the one keeping myself awake at night. Yeah. You're like, man, this guy is annoying. He's he's he wants yeah. all this stuff. So so yeah. what is what is a recent like crazy for yourself build that you've done? Can you kind of describe it or the woods that you chose? Yeah, you know, I, I I wish I could I will send you guys some pictures, but I recently completed this guitar called the Ellipsis which it has a really interesting sound hole pattern. It, it's kind of based on a Les Paul shape, but not really. It's offset. And it's, it's, not, it's, it's a semi-hollow instrument. But I think the coolest part about it is that I made a, a single-pin hinged tailpiece for it that's offset. It, doesn't, it almost looks like a number seven. So mm. when it's on the guitar, you would think, Oh no, as soon as you string that up, it's going to pull one direction or pull the other. It's not going to balance and it and it does. It almost looks like magic that this thing is balancing the way it does. Mm. So, I'm pretty psyched about that and that's one of the, you know, the things that I'm going to carry forward into doing uh, you know, for future builds, kind of changing up my tailpiece designs to uh to look a little bit more mission impossible, so to speak. <laughs> if, if you it. I think we need you to know? drive to Pennsylvania, Marco, and uh, break yeah, break into Matt's shop. Check and, this out. <laughs> I'm like, get, yeah, I'm going to be like sitting by my my phone or email waiting for these pictures because that sounds really that sounds really cool. Um, yeah, it's uh, awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you're doing that, and and that made me think about something that Marco and I talk about all the time, and. It's a bit of a reminder that we have to keep ourselves inspired across the board. You know, we have to go and and play our demo guitars and and develop new pickups. And even if they never see the light of day, we talked about in the show open uh, some of the new stuff that we're working on in the shop. And you know, it may it may be for our ears only, but it's just kind of that keeping that creative process going. And and like in the pickup world, a lot of stuff is repetitive. We're we're putting thousands of eyelets in flat work, and we're polishing flat work and putting wires in pickups and and it's not exactly like um you know rock star level <laughs> work i guess mm -hmm. but at the same right. time it's it's just that that process of kind of remaining inspired and and yeah that's that's a good that's a good thing that you're doing that i think that's really cool especially as you you take so long on the instruments to build and and everyone's kind of probably hounding you and waiting for stuff and you're still still finding time for yourself kind of to to make those i think that's pretty cool yeah, it's, I think it's necessary at this point. I mean, I, I don't want to say I'm on the back nine of my career, but I, you know, at 25 years, I definitely am. And I think I want to gain as much knowledge as I can while I can. So, you know, I'm 45 now, and I know that's that's young to probably 90% of the people that are going to listen to this podcast. But <laughs> at the same time, you know, I really feel like there's a lot that I still need to get in before I either don't or can't do this anymore, you know, if for what reason or another. So, you know, that, that keeps me motivated to keep experimenting because I, you know, you never know when you're going to hit on something that might, uh, might just be the next new thing that, uh, that you do, you know? So I'm going to keep pushing at that, uh, that limit until I, until I can uh, push it over. 
Well, I mean, and I just think that that's, that's so cool that 25 years in, you still have that mindset and, and you're still your kid on the Christmas morning analogy on the, on your, on the bill that you get to keep, you know, that, that, that's yeah. inspiring and to I, me. And that's not to say that I'm not that way with, with customer builds either. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that would be the furthest thing from the truth because they inspire me to do different things as well. Everybody comes to the table with a, with a different set of ideas. So mm-hmm. I'm approaching each build as a, a fresh new thing. It's not just, I want X, Y, Z and here you go. You know, it's uh it's a fun process. Everybody has their own, their own interpretation of what you do. And it's fun to see what their interpretation is. Yeah. And so some of the models that um, were that I just kind of stood out to me or a lot of them kind of the I saw the junior ones. I forget what those are called. Maybe Hellfire, I think is what those are called. But they had like mm-hmm. two P90s and we've always we were kind of on a P90 kick lately around the shop. <laughs> it's bad. But uh, well, yeah, well, you can say, uh, yeah, the set of pickups I just ordered a few days ago. P90s, yeah, you know, from you guys. So, and it and it should be headed your way uh, later today. So that's that's awesome. fun little bonus. Uh, but awesome. uh, what what is it that you look for in pickups, and what what do you think makes uh, a, a desirable sound for you when you're or when you're choosing the build? Like you're like you get to a point where you're like, okay, what kind of pickups do I need a route for? I mean, how do you go about choosing yeah. that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, <clears throat> it starts out with the design itself. I mean, for my own stuff, it's different because I'm trying to still put combinations of things together that maybe I haven't before. Mm-hmm. So there's still kind of a, an X factor there. But, you know, just as far as pickups go generally, um, the, the, one, the, the one and only type of pickup that I'm just not, that just doesn't mesh with what I do is a super hot pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that a, a lower wound pickup has so much more headroom and saturation ability than, than a hot pickup. Mm-hmm. And it actually has more of a, a, a broader range too, where a hot pickup is just in your face and bright at all times. It's good for certain things, but just not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So I generally go for more vintage wound style pickups in general. Yeah. And do you have any favorite kind of, uh, and we have we have this here for sure, kind of a little bit of a guitar building background as well. But um, mm-hmm. do, you, do you have any favorite wood combination, pickup combinations, kind of your magic marriage <clears throat> of both of those? Well, yet again, you know, the, the mahogany thing, you know, just the, the typical, let's say, Les Paul Jr. style guitar, uh, mahogany with P90s. I mean, oh, it's just glorious, you know, or an old <laughs> SG, you know, it's just it's amazing. You know, it's uh, it has just as distinctive of a sound as as you know, pretty much a strat does, in my opinion. So, that's one of my closet faves. But more or less, I'm I'm dealing with with a two humbucker configuration more than anything. Uh, occasionally, adding a single coil in the middle uh, if a person wants it. But I don't know if you guys have found this out or not. I mean, this is kind of a sidetrack. I was doing an experiment, um, I'd say about uh, six months ago, with one of my clients, Steve Kimock. And he's got a lot of, he was uh, more or less in, you know, for his career into the Grateful Dead circles, a lot of three pickup guitars. And we were experimenting uh, with one of his three pickup guitars, and we were realizing that even detaching the middle pickup on a three humbucker guitar, even completely detaching it from the circuit, you were getting magnetic bleed through that pickup. And we were both shocked. And I don't know if you guys, you know, have, have dealt with the same thing. So when we actually took that middle pickup out, we were amazed at how much different the guitar sounded in a, in a good way. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if mm. you guys have ever experienced that kind of crossover bleed with, you know, with a three pickup guitar where they're in close proximity or not. Yeah. I mean, the magnetic fields are going to be getting pretty close in general, like, uh, especially if you get those like, uh, three pickup Les Pauls or SGs or they're all just yeah. kind of like next door neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine there's some, some cross bleed there for sure, especially if they are stronger pickups and stronger magnets. Yeah. There'd probably be yeah. something, something going there. I, I did have a little bit of a follow-up kind of pickup slash guitar related thing. And, and I, I have a feeling what your thoughts might be on this, but I'm going to okay. hit, hit you with it anyways. And this is the, the saying that electric guitar woods don't make a difference. And I, I kind of feel like I know what you're going to say, but what would you, what would you say to someone who, who says that? I mean, I see it on the online all the time and all these, the woods doesn't matter. It's just, it's just a guitar. And what would you say to, to those people? I mean, I I've seen those same videos where guys basically put strings across two tables and, and a pickup underneath it and things like that. But it's a very simple answer. I can, I can show you how it does and I can prove that it does, you know, that, and it only took, you know, I mean, it, it took a lot of time for me to realize the nuances of it, but I know that it makes a factor. You know, I think it's kind of simplistic to say that it doesn't. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, I think that, I think it's just one of those things where we, we deal with this in just the, the micro world of the pickups a lot where it's like the, we call them PAF guys and and they come at us with, um, with different thoughts on, on what a PAF should be. Um, they tear down the way we build a PAF. (laughs) They, um, we had an argument about maple spacers and, and if the wood was Eastern or Western maple with a guy, um, so (laughs) it's just like, there's some, a bit of this like guitar industry legends. I, I think it's fair to say that they're legends because as you go and you gain, gain experience and as you are a manufacturer of something, you're, you're finding something out different for yourself. And even if other people believe something completely opposite you just kind of have to stick to you, to what you know and what you've proved kind of over time sure. and it's it's probably <laughs> these same kind of reasonings are are probably one of the reasons why i'm more or less of an enigma on the internet <laughs> i really don't do the forums or you know anything like that because there's just there's so much information floating around now that uh you basically just have to you know stick to what you know and step back and just watch the people uh Watch the people argue over yeah. <laughs> over inane things. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. just arguments over different like levels of Squire guitars and right, and people right. are just l- losing their minds over over little things like that. And it, it is a weird weird world that we're in as uh, guitar and pickup makers. And it's man, it's just like there's so many great things about it, and then there's so many things that you just like kind of scratch your head all the time <laughs> over, and it, it's part of the. Part of the, the fun, I guess, the adventure yeah. of it. Yeah, if we want to call it that, yeah. But yeah. no, it is. You <laughs> that's know, a, I mean, that's a nice way of saying that are, it. that are extremely informative. But there's certain things where it's like, okay, I'm glad I'm not part of this chain. Yes, you know. Yes, that's 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 a that's a well put phrase there. That's that's completely accurate. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess um, we're kind of getting to the wrapping up point. I mean, do you want to? ask us any questions or do you have any questions for us or i mean any other i I do you know as as for you know right now post pandemic 2022 um how many how many guys are you guys uh uh, working with or how many people are in your shop yeah so we've got four people right now okay um we had seven as of 
about two months ago. So um, unfortunate series of events um, happened there. But uh, yeah, it's just been kind of an ebb and flow of, of people here. And, and we have a lot of efficiency things in place. So we can crank a ton of people out. Uh, a ton mm-hmm. of people out. We can crank a ton of pickups. <laughs> um, my mind's all, uh, My coffee is across the room, and I'm staring at it, and yeah. I haven't I haven't taken enough of it, as you can tell. Um, but yeah, we we really do a lot of stuff. My wife and I kind of kind of run like a lot of the back end stuff, and we've got uh, Marco, who who is kind of our master builder here in the shop, and and Ben, who is our master pickup winder in the shop slash machine guru slash. He's the smart one. He's the techie guy. Yeah, <laughs> and he's he's fantastic. He does uh, a lot of things all at once, and and really good about Excellent. with computers and and lasers and cutting machines and and all that stuff. So he's very good about. Now we're in the process of setting up a new a new winder, and he's been dialing the thing in and and spinning pickups on it before Marco and I have even given it any thought. He's got it working. So it's a it's a really good team. And we're really fortunate to have have these people here and and. Yeah, it's been it's been good. It's kind of a it's like a family, you know. We uh, yeah we get along pretty well, and we we do our our work, and and sometimes we like shutting the door and just getting our stuff done, and getting it out, and uh, exactly we we love helping out customers and and all that. Excellent. Uh, and then there's one more question I had that's kind of you know relevant for all of us in in not only this industry but other industries. Um, since the pandemic, have you guys dealt with any major supply chain issues as far as like base plates or covers mm. or, you know, magnets or, you know, things like that where you're like, oh, man, we, I, I never thought that I couldn't get these in. They used to be so readily available. Yeah, and we we definitely have experienced that kind of thing. And even just down to like the quality of the plating that'll be like on the gold or like nickel right. covers or the chrome, it just is not as robust as it used to be. It used to feel like pretty heavy, you know, and yeah. now it, it scratches really easily and you have to order extra because sometimes they show up already kind of scuffed. And I think yeah. every, everyone is having trouble getting stuff. I remember for a while we were at a 50 millimeter base plates for, for a good long while and that's, you know, an F-space bridge is a pretty common thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, magnets and stuff like that. But, but yeah. all, luckily not all at one time and so there's been enough like we could jump to one from one lily pad to the next and kind of right. adapt and and figure out ways to. I mean, we have ways to make base plates out of fiberboard here um, with our laser. So mm-hmm. if if need be, we could go without metal base plates. If you needed a pickup right now, we could make it and send it. You know, so we have workarounds and we can still make you a good sounding pickup. Like gotcha. yeah, so it has been interesting. And right when it first started, I did end up. Um, Things did kind of slow down, and I wasn't actually in Tucson for a year, but everything just kind of worked out to where when I came back, you know, it was just natural. And I I, I felt like I just kind of like walked right back in, and, and it seems like I never left to a degree. But, you know, it definitely was a different world to be building pickups in, and a lot of yeah. the parts is usually the headache is, is a lot of the little parts stuff, you know, yeah. stuff yeah. that's out of your hands. Yeah, I think it, exactly. You, well, yeah, that's that's the key word. Things that <clears throat> you know, I've been trying to consolidate my own business in that way. You know, as far as things that were left not up to me that I had no control over that were just driving me nuts. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's a process. We're all dealing with the same things. You know, so hopefully people are understanding to that level that we're not, uh, you know, that we're doing our best. 
you know, but uh, it's definitely been a whole new world. Yeah. It's well, so we went to the 2020 NAM show and we had a booth yeah. there and we were like, we're going for it. This is the year that everything's going to change and we're going to, you know, take the next step. And, and, <laughs> and then everything like shuts down and in the world like three change. weeks after the NAM show ends. And so we, yep. we have kind of been in the reinvention stage a little bit and just kind of, what do we need to do to keep keep providing pickups. Um, we are our efficiency first in our shop. We've, we've always just kind of looked for stuff to improve efficiency. Mm-hmm. And so then we can build, you know, the level of probably a 10 employee shop we can build with four. And um, it's been one of those things where we keep the quality at, at the forefront and we, we look for ways to, to produce and to get stuff out the door because you know we're also dealing with the Amazon generation where everything mm-hmm. everyone wants something in two days yep. and and we we offer I mean you've been on our site we offer a million different models and choices and that's one of the things that has set us apart is that we do the custom work and most often it's not extra charge and we try to really work with builders and and direct customers and but that does create like Marco was saying it creates a lot of supply chain challenges and yeah. Oh, we need to get this in, or we need to get that in, and even our gatekeeper pickups, which um, you know, are made in Indonesia with our designs, they they were uh, shut down with COVID-related stuff for mm-hmm. for four or five months, and so we literally didn't have a product line that we could we could do. And I know, I even look at like Sweetwater, I look at these other places, and they're selling back-ordered guitars, or it's like hey, pre-order, you know, hey, it's going to be here in 2023, and you've got to right. like, we want your money, but it's going to be. 12 months before you get your guitar. And, and so I, I don't know. I just hope for the industry that it uh, improves. I think it's getting slightly better. Uh, but then we obviously have some uh, economic issues now to to kind of deal with. So it's been, yeah, it's been very interesting for sure. Well, well, you know, it just, it sounds like you guys, which is so encouraging. It sounds like you're nimble enough to deal with it. You know, whatever, whatever comes at you, you're ready to handle it. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It's been a it's been a crazy last few years, but uh, as as a business, we've we've still grown um, every year, which is which is awesome. But it has it has been a lot. It's been a taxing thing for all of us, I think, in the shop because there's been many long days and many uh, up late nights making decisions and trying to do do your best and you know keeping yeah. keeping that. We talked about inspiration before, but keeping that in the forefront and saying this is why we do what we do and. And even though the uh, the the thing is a beast now, I mean, we've gotten this business to a point where it needs a lot of food to to survive, yes. right? And and so yeah. we're trying to uh, trying to continue to do that and just be you know be helpful to the customers. And um, I just yeah, everyone here's got really great attitudes and really positive and encouraging. So that's been that's been also helpful, kind of as for just personally for me as I've I'm carrying the weight of this stuff and then. You know, Marco's like, it's a good day, and I, I'm checking out this guitar, and really, really, just as an encouragement to me. So I, I, I know that that's that's what we hope to be. You know, even as we work with guys like you and other people, it's just like, hey, we're all we're all really in this together. We're all trying to make this work, and we're all trying to fit it together. Absolutely. And and so we we wanted to have you on just because uh, you're a good dude, and we really respect your work. And um, somehow we're gonna have to try out one of your guitars at some point because they're. They're pretty sweet looking, and I haven't had Absolutely. the haven't had the pleasure of playing one yet, and so that's gonna that's gonna have to happen for sure. But uh, for those who want to check out Matt's work, um, where can you find 
is it just mostly through the website or you, you kind of hinted at maybe it's, it's mostly, it's mostly through the website. Um, will cut guitars, uh, may have a few here and there. Um, and in the used market, they pop up, you know, um, on a fairly frequent basis, you know, there's, I've, I think I'm almost up to a thousand guitars at this point, which is pretty oh, mind blowing. Nice. So they're, they're out there, you know, um, but generally, it's it's basically just through contact with me. Okay, cool. Yeah, so if anyone's interested in in talking to Matt, and don't send him endorsement requests, please. <laughs> just <laughs> just just hit him just hit him up and talk. I will hear those. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll listen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We listen too, and it usually goes into the spam folder. But <laughs> no, sometimes sometimes they're they're fine. But yeah, it's a Matt's a hardworking guy, so you need to you need to pay him for his work, of course. But but. Yeah, for those who've listened, um, yeah, check Matt's stuff out. He's got some fantastic builds. Even if you're just like, "Whoa, those things are awesome!" I got to start saving my saving my pennies. Um, go for it, man. They're 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 great guitars. Really respect Matt and his his builds. And you can even get a Artinger guitar with porters in it, which is the best combination ever. Uh, so, <laughs> so, I second that emotion. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're excited, man. Thanks for being on the show. We, we appreciate having you and um, we'll do this again sometime on a future future podcast for sure. You, you bet, guys. I, I sincerely appreciate it. Um, I love talking to you guys and I would be more than happy to do it anytime you wanted. Awesome. Thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah, you thanks, bet. Matt. Take care. Have a wonderful day. All right.